Praise the Lamb of God. This is DK Group that drops on their tooth. And I'm so glad that you have joined with us today. Amen. Praise the Lamb of God. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. It is good to see each and every one of you here. Praise the Lord. I want to welcome all of my friends from all over the world. Praise the Lamb of God from Kenya, Liberia, India, Pakistan. We are so very, very thankful for each and every one of you. And thank you for holding us up in your prayers. Amen. Praise the Lamb of God. We desire your prayers. Amen. We desire you to keep us lifted up before the Lord. Amen. If you don't have your Bibles, run and get them very quickly. And I might add that uh, I go through scriptures kind of quickly. Amen. And we don't have them focused on the board today. Amen. Simply. And, and so write them down as you hear them. And then you can go over them later as you're watching the broadcast. Amen. 3 John chapter 2. Beloved, I wish you above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Let us pray. Father, thank you today for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the abundance that you have given, for the, for the mercy and the grace that you have bestowed upon us. And I ask you now, Lord, to touch every ear, touch every mind, touch every heart throughout the entire world as they hear this message today, that they shall come to the place that the seed that is being sown shall find a place of harvest in their lives and in their heart. Lord, every word that I speak, let it be anointed to touch your people. I'll give you all the praise, and they will give you all the praise in the mighty name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said. Amen. We are into our sixth lesson in our series, Heal. And my message today is the power of words. This week I was going through and I was looking for something on the internet and I happened to come across this article written by a secular Japanese physicist and his name is Dr. Masaru Emoto. And the experiment, experiments that he had conducted caught my attention because it was of the things that I knew spiritually, but I had not given a great deal of thought to it physically. So what Dr. Emoto did was that he gathered water from a, different, a number of different sources, river water, city water, rural water, rain water, uh, river water, creek water, and he would take these different sources of water and freeze them. And after they were frills, he would take them out and he would put them under a microscope to see the different molecules in that frozen water, the structure as it was frozen. And as he looked at them, he came to a, a conclusion that the ones that had more pure water the molecules or the structure was more perfect. And the ones that were less pure, those molecules were deformed. So he thought and he said, well, I wonder what would happen if I spoke to these waters before I froze them. So he brought in two groups of people. One group spoke words of love, spoke words of affection, spoke words of closeness and tenderness. And then he brought in this other group that spoke words of hate and disgusting and things that, that were just very displeasurable. And then he froze them. And when he took the frozen water out and he placed it under a microscope, he discovered that the water that had been spoken to in love and correctness, tenderness, the molecules that formed that water, they were perfect. And when he looked at the molecules in this frozen water of those that negative words and those hates, they all, all of them were deformed. And what got my attention was 
is that our bodies are over 70% water. And so I begin to think on words that are being spoken and words that are negative and words that are positive and how they have an impact and how they're impacting our life. Now, as we bring this into the forefront of Christianity, I found something very powerful. If words have power, and they do, and if words have power over water, because then we ought to be blessing things. We ought to be blessing things. We ought to be speaking things that are positive over the water that we drink. I want to ask you a question. How many have down water and blessed it before you drank it? Nobody. Very, very, very seldom. Unless you come into this teaching, you just chug the water down because you're thirsty or whatever. Amen. We ought to be speaking blessings over our water and we ought to be speaking blessings over our food. Now, notice what I said. I didn't say in the name of Jesus. I said we ought to be speaking blessings over our food. I've been speaking, I have been speaking blessings over my food since I've become born again. And I'm always saying in the name of Jesus. Well, my question is, why do I need to say in the name of Jesus if Jesus lives inside of me? Somebody's going to say, oh man, this guy's nuts. If he lives inside of me and the God in me is speaking, which is him, and I bless it, isn't Jesus blessing it? Truth. Yes. Now, let me show you this. We ought to be speaking positive things. And I'm going to bring this into reality today. I mean, it blew my mind as I studied it in this week. Because all of this has to do with sickness. Yes. Wow. Look at Luke chapter 9, verse 14. Luke chapter 9, verse 14. And I'm going to wait a little bit. If you've got your Bibles, I'm going to wait a little bit so that you can open there. Amen. Praise the Lamb of God. So that we can all read it together. Luke chapter 9, verse 14. And there were about 5,000 men, and he said to his disciples, Make them sit down by fifties in a company. And they did so, and made them all sit down. Then he took the five loaves and the two fishes, and looking up to heaven, he blessed them, and brake, and gave to the disciples to set before the multitude. He blessed the food. He didn't say, Bless me for providing the food. Did he say that? No, he blessed the food. Jesus is speaking. He didn't say, bless me for providing the food. He blessed the food. He looked up to heaven and he blessed the food. Amen. We ought to be blessing the food because Jesus is inside of us. And whether you say in the name of Jesus or not, amen, and that's not the point that I'm trying to make. What I'm trying to make the point is that Jesus lives inside of you. And if you speak, then it's the Jesus inside of you that's speaking if you're in the spirit. Amen? Amen. We have the power to bless because Jesus lives inside of us. We have the power to bless because we are partakers with His glory. We have the power to bless because we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings. Amen. There's power in blessing. When I pray for you and when I pray for people all over the world, they're always telling me, Pastor, DK, pray for me. And when I pray, I call you blessed. I bless you. I call you blessed. Because you are. Amen. And I want you to understand that you are blessed. Jesus Christ loves you. You are blessed. You know, more and more I'm understanding. I've been saved a long time. I've been preaching a long time. And it seems like every day I'm understanding more and more who I am, what I am, and what he's done in me. Amen. More and more. 
Every single day, I'm beginning. I'm getting a, a, to grasp, to grasp the power and authority that has been given to me, and lives and reigns within me. Power over situations. Power over sicknesses. Power over circumstances. Power over poverty. Poverty is a curse. It is. If you don't have enough to meet every need, and you don't have enough to give uh, to other people and other ministries and other, you're in poverty. Amen. If we're constantly looking as to whether I've got this or whether I don't have, you see, we don't talk like millionaires. We don't talk like millionaires. We talk like poverty people. That's what we talk like. And poverty is a curse. And our thinking has to be, if I am blessed, and I am prosperous, and I am healed, and I am delivered, then I don't lack anything. Only when you look at your bank account do you see yourself lacking. Only when you see yourself in sickness do you see yourself lacking. But the Word of God tells us in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, By His divine power, all things pertaining to life and godliness have been given to us through the mercy and the knowledge of Him. Yes. Powerful, powerful. Look at Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me in the life which I now live in this life. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Listen to Paul. The life I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Yes, you're in the flesh. There's no question about that. You're in the flesh. But are you living by the faith that lives inside of you? By the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ? Because the faith that he lived by and walked by is the same faith that lives inside of you. Yes. Look at Luke chapter 9 verse 1. Luke chapter 9 verse 1. And he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. You have power and authority. You may not think that you have power and authority. But all power and authority has been given to the church. I'm not talking about denomination now. I'm talking about the church. You. Each individual. I'm talking about you. Amen. You have power and authority over every devil. I don't care how big the devil is. I don't care how small the devil is. You've got power and authority over him. Yeah. You've got power and authority over every disease. I don't care whether it's a common cold or whether it's cancer in the fourth stage. I don't care whether you're in hospice. I don't care whether you're 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 laying in the hospital and you're and you're hours away from death. You have power and authority over every disease. If you will understand that you've got it. Yes. Amen. If you'll understand it. If you'll understand it and by faith and rebuke it. If you'll do that, you've got power and authority. It's been given to you and I. Praise the Lamb of God. And if you're seated at the right hand of the Father, if you're sitting in heavenly places, if you're blessed in heavenly places, then there is no power and authority above the place that you're sitting. And that means that everything is below your feet, every devil and every sickness, and you just got to rise to the occasion to know who you are, what you are, what's inside of you, and what's been given to you. Amen. I turn to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, because I'm going to be dealing with this. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. I want to read it again. 
Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, and so that things that are seen were not made of things which do appear. Everything that God created, he created with words. Everything that God created, he created it with words. He spoke. When he spoke, he said, let there be. So that things which were seen were not made of things which do appear. Or in other words, this is what it said. Everything was made out of things that were invisible. The invisible substance of God in another realm. Yeah. The invisible substance of God in another realm, which was, which is the spiritual realm. He spoke, and that which was invisible translated itself into the physical because he spoke. Everything that was invisible became visible. Everything that was made out of that which was spoken from an invisible realm into a visible realm. What's important here is that in order for that which was invisible to become visible, that which was unseen so it could be unseen so it could be seen, is that God had to speak. God had to speak. If all that God had and all that God thought about was thoughts, the world would have never been made, people would have never been made, animals would never have been made, because the thought that he had had to flow from it through his mouth to make it visible. Yes, amen. What the Lord. Words. He had to speak. That which was unseen had to become tangible by speaking. God had to say, let it be. Praise God. Amen. So here's what happened. He spoke. Divine sound waves went forth. From a divine source. And those sound waves brought forth that which was invisible in another realm and made them visible. Wow. Look at Romans chapter 4, verse 17. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead. Now watch this. And calleth those things which be not as though they were. Wow. What the Lord. Yeah. Romans 4, 17. And calleth those things which be not as though they were. God is not saying that these things do not exist. He's saying the opposite of that. What he's saying is that he's calling those things which are unseen and he's calling them to be seen. He's calling those things that are his substance in another world and he's calling them into a physical realm, our world, and they become visible. That's what faith does. When you speak in faith, it takes that which is unseen and makes it seen. That's what it is. That's what faith is. You take that which is unseen and it becomes seen. It takes the invisible and makes it visible. It takes the substance of God in a spiritual world and brings it forth into a natural world. And that's how God created all things. I've heard people say, well, how was the world created? They say, well, God created it out of nothing. Not so. God did not create it out of nothing. He created it out of things that were a substance that was unseen. Yeah. 
Hallelujah. Hope you're getting all that. So he speaks. Divine sound waves go forth from a divine source, and that which is invisible becomes visible. Now watch this. When it becomes invisible, then it's maintained and kept visible by the Word. Follow me? When it speaks, he, sound waves go forth. When he spoke, amen, sound waves went forth, came forth from a spiritual realm into a, into a physical realm. Now watch this. If it's not maintained by the word and held by the word, what happened? It's gone. It's gone. So everything that is in this world is upheld by God's word. Amen. If God was to say, I, I, I'm no longer going to let it uphold, guess what? You disappear. I disappear. Everything in this world would disappear because everything is held by God's word and it's maintained by God's word. Amen. God spoke. Amen. <laughs> God's word, God spoke his word. It went forth from a spiritual world into a physical world and then his word made it stay there and upheld it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So everything that exists, everything that we feel, touch, is upheld by the Word of God. Look at Hebrews 1 verse 3. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his portion, now watch this, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand on the majesty on high. Upholding, notice what this word says, upholding all things by the word of his power. It does not say by the power of his word. It says, by the word of his power. What does that mean? God's word is his expression of power. That's his power, his word. And everything in this world is upheld by the expression of his power. That's why the word says, and upholding all things by the word of his power. Not the power of his word. His word is the expression of his power. When he speaks it, his word upholds everything. Amen. Praise the Lamb of God. Amen. So where this becomes important to you and I, is that everything in this world is a word creation. Everything. 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 Everything is held by his word. Maintained by his word. Mm -hmm. And since it's maintained by his word, now get this, it has to be subject to his word. Wow. Everything in this world has to be subject to his word. Why? Because it's maintained by his word. So this is where it becomes very, very important for us. If everything is word creation, and Jesus is the word made flesh, and Jesus lives within us, then how important are the words that we speak, and how much are those words having an impact on the life that we live? Yeah. Pretty powerful. Is everybody following me or are we lost? Good? Good. 
Turn to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Follow me. Amen. Praise the Lamb of God. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. <clears throat> and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. <clears throat> Hear me. You are the product of what you have said about yourself. And you are the product of what other people have said about you and you've listened to. Wow. You are the product of what you have said about yourself and what others have said about you and you brought it. As they've said it, you accepted it. All of the good and all of the bad that has ever happened in your life has something to do with words. <clears throat> all of the good and all of the bad that has ever happened to you has something to do with words. Words that have spoken over your life. Words that, have, that you have spoken over your life. Words have power, and words have potential, and they either do good or they do bad. Those are the only two options. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. No options. There is no A or B. There is no B. It's only A. Good or bad. And when they're spoken, they do what they have meant to do. Every, every war that's ever started, started with words. Every divorce that ever happened, started with words. Every broken relationship that ever got broken, started with words. Every abortion that ever took place started with words. Every murder that ever happened started with words. And every sickness started with words. Many times people have spoken words over themselves that has brought sickness. Many times people have orchestrated their future by words. I can't do this. I don't have the knowledge for that. I'm not good enough for this. I don't feel worthy. This always happens to me. If I didn't have bad luck, I would have no luck at all. They're laying off at the plant and I just know, I just know that I'm gonna be the first to go. I better go get my flu shot because the flu season is just right around the corner. All words are life and death. Two things are happening in your life when it comes to words. You're either cursing yourself or you're blessing yourself. Words that come out of your mouth, you're either blessing yourself or you're cursing yourself. Luke chapter 6, verse 45. Luke chapter 6, verse 45. 
A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. It doesn't take very long for people to see and to understand what's in your heart. Because your heart always reveals through your mouth what's in there. Always. It may take a while, but it always comes out. I remember when I used to mess up a golf shop. And I'd say, you're an idiot. When I missed a tennis shot, you're so stupid. Not meaning anything by it, just frustrated because I missed a golf shot or missed a tennis shot. I don't do that anymore. I missed the golf shot, I missed the tennis shot, I say, DK, you're blessed. Yeah. You are blessed. Hallelujah. I don't know where that came from, but I'm blessed. I've changed my vocabulary. I don't speak those words no more. I don't speak those negative things anymore. I don't speak those things that are going to curse me. I don't speak those things unless they're blessing. Words are powerful. Jesus says, my words are spirit and light. And the other words are cursing and death. Now translate this into our health. Bring it into our health. Many of the health issues that we have today is because of the things that we've spoken. When something comes on us, cold, flu, sinus allergies, a pain somewhere, the very first thing that we do is take possession of it. We take possession of it. I've got this cold. I've got these allergies. I've got this pain right here. How many times have I heard people say, I've got cancer of the liver in the fourth stage. I've got diabetes. I've got a heart condition. <clears throat> I have, I have, I have, my, my, my. And you know what you're doing? You're sealing your fate. I remember a young lady that I spoke to, and the doctor had given her six months to live. And I said, you don't have to believe that. You don't have to walk in that. And you know what she said? Well, I'll be here as long as God wants me here. And it was within a matter of weeks she was dead. I'll be here as long as God wants me here. No. God has nothing to do with your death. You have everything to do with your death. Amen. You're the one with power and authority. You're the one that takes authority over the devil. You're the one that takes authority over sickness. You're the one that says, I'm not accepting it, I'm not going there, but we take possession of that which the doctor and the hospital and everybody else has got to say, even our relatives. Well, you know what? You, you, you know, you just need to take care of yourself because you know these, these things in our genes. You know there's this hereditary thing. You know, my dad only lived to be 64 years old, you know, and my uncle died when he was 68 years old, and all of these things, and you're just going to have to be very careful because all of these things are in our hereditary, and you can't do anything about the genes that you have. Oh, yeah, let me tell you about genes. They're right here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm back. Let me tell you about genes. Amen. You're the one with power. You're the one with the authority. I have, I have, I have. 
Look at Mark chapter 11, verse 23. Mark 11, 23. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Powerful, powerful message. And I've used this scripture over and over again, trying to bring forth victory in the lives of God's people. But there's also defeat and sickness in this verse. Yeah. And shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass, you shall have whatsoever you say. Yeah. If you've got it, if you're sick, you've got cancer, you've got all of these things that the world says you've got, guess what? You've got it. Because the things come out of your mouth and you believe what they told you. Oh, my back is killing me. I guess it is. Oh, my leg is killing me. Oh, I got this headache. I bet you do. I woke up this morning with this pain in my chest. How long are you going to keep it? I don't know what's going on. My leg hurts. Whatsoever things you say, you get. You get to keep it. Because you believe it. Pain happened in your body. You spoke it. Words have power. You got it. <laughs> and if you keep saying it throughout the day, oh, I, I just woke up with this pain. I don't know what's going on. An hour later, oh, I woke up. Uh, this pain. I, I thought I'd work it out, but it's still here. That night, oh, I don't know what's going on. This pain is just, I don't get it. I, I get it. The things that you say, you get. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So true. <laughs> this is good stuff. Yeah, it is. Amen. You know what's so critical about this? Is that the devil can't do anything without your words. Good point. Because he knows that words have power. And when you speak it, you give him access to you. And we don't even realize that we are on the side of the enemy, helping the enemy bring destruction in our lives. Born again, children of God, filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues on the side of the devil. Because we don't understand that words have power. And he needs our words in order for him to do anything. So when you get irritated, just know you're working for the devil. You're angry, unless it's a righteous anger. Amen? You're working with the, with the devil. When you give him your words, you give him access. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Look at Matthew chapter 9, verse 18. Matthew 9, 18. <clears throat> While he spoke these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead. 
but come and lay thy hand upon her and she shall live. I'm going to read that one more time. While he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her and she shall live. <clears throat> this certain ruler's name is Jarvis. Listen to what he said. My daughter is even now dead. In other words, what he's saying is she's so sick that by the end of the day, she'll be dead. That's how sick she is. She's not dead yet, but she is so sick. Jarvis says, come to my house. Lay your hand on her. She shall live. Positive words. Words of faith. Words proclaiming faith. Words in the positive. Words stating life. That's what he spoke. Well, yes, faith there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house. Let me give you the scripture. Mark chapter 5, verse 35. Mark chapter 5, verse 35. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter's death. Why trouble us the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. That spoke to me really, really loud. It doesn't portray Jesus, how Jesus is really acting. Jesus heard the words, and this is what he does. He looks at Jairus and he says, only believe, do not be afraid. You know what he's doing? He's shutting up the servant. Yes. In other words, I believe with all my heart that this scripture is telling the servant, shut up. Because this man was speaking in the fact of faith. This man was standing on faith. And Jesus says to him, don't let the spirit of unbelief take you out of the spirit of faith. Right. That's exactly what happens to multitudes of God's people every day. Because somebody speaks a word that is negative. Some doctor speaks a word. Some nurse speaks a word. Some relative speaks a word. Some neighbor speaks a word. And in that word, you're taken out of the spirit of faith. Because like us all, Lord, just, just touch me. Just heal me. Just like the centurion said, you don't have to come to my house, Lord. Just speak the word and I shall be healed. But then somebody comes along and speaks the word that takes you out of faith and puts you into the spirit of doubt. <clears throat> because you believe that word. Because you didn't say, shut up. Because you didn't say, be quiet. I don't want to hear that. That's not where I'm at. Be quiet. I don't want you speaking that. I am standing on Amen. We was in a meeting not too long ago, and we were talking about finances. And someone said, and I know who someone is, and said, that person knows who it is as well. And I'm not saying that for any other reason than to say this. Amen. How are we going to pay for this? And I immediately shut it up and said, I don't hear that. I don't want to hear that negative word. I don't want to hear that because I believe by the word of faith that God will supply the need. True. Yeah. If you don't shut up the words of unbelief, let me tell you what, the devil is going to bring people into your life over and over and over again that are going to speak, to speak that word to take you out of the word of faith. Yeah. Especially if there's pain involved. I heard someone tell me the other day, that was a while back, they said, well, you know what, Pastor, you know, if there's a pain in your body, it's there for a reason. Uh -huh. Oh, okay. What's the reason? To let you know that something's wrong. Oh. Uh -huh. So if there's something wrong, what am I supposed to do? Well, you're supposed to go to the doctor. 
Find out why it wants to take place. No, I don't see it that way. If there's a pain there, it's my body rebelling. My elbow hurts. Well then, this is what we need to do. In the name of Jesus. Hello? Oh, my knee hurts. Then what are we supposed to do? In the name of Jesus, be healed. You either believe or you don't believe. You either walk by faith or you don't walk by faith. Other doctor says, I've got cancer. Well, then go to another source and see what that source has to say. Go to your Bible and see that you've got power and authority over every system and over every disease. Go to that source. Amen. Oh, my goodness. And stop allowing the words that somebody else speaks. To influence you. When you come out of the realm or the atmosphere of faith, there's only one other realm to go to, and that's the realm of unbelief. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. And the Lord just showed me this this week this scripture. And I've read this thing over and over and over and over again. Matthew chapter 6 verse 31. Therefore take no thought saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we be clothed. Take no thought saying. <laughs> take, take no thought saying. You can't stop the thoughts that come into your mind. But don't say them. Good word. Because once you say them, they have power. They have power. Once they come out of your mouth, they've got power. How many negative thoughts did you have this week? Don't raise your hand. How many negative thoughts? How many thoughts concerning doubts? Just don't say them. Don't say them. If you don't say them, they have no power. And so you're going to say, how are we supposed to deal with it then? It's going to pollute us on the inside. How are we supposed to deal with it? Well, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's how you deal with it. You bring it and make it captive. If it's captive, if it's in jail, it can't do nothing. deal with it. But for crying out loud, don't speak it. Unless it's positive. The devil gives you something in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. A thought comes in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. That's my verbiage. That's my testimony. Those are the words that I speak a thousand times a day. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. I don't feel that this person likes me. In the name of Jesus, that's the thought. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. Mm -hmm. 
bringing every thought into captivity through the obedience of Christ. Amen. Wow. Calling those things which is not as though they were. If you don't like me, I love you. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb of God. Look at James chapter 3, verse 5. James chapter 3, verse 5. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members. Now watch this. That it defileth the whole body. Your tongue can defile your entire body. And setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on the fire of hell. Your tongue defile your whole body. Look at Acts chapter 16, verse 25. Acts chapter 16, verse 25. Because here's what words do. They create an environment. That's what words do. They create an environment, either good or bad. If the word is negative, it creates an environment of bad. You're able then to feel comfortable to enter in to that, into that realm with another individual that has spoken or whatever the case may be. And now you become into that environment. That's what words do. They create an environment, either good or bad. Acts chapter 16, verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Paul and Silas understand something that very few of God's children don't. About words. Paul and Silas were in Macedonia simply because of a dream, a vision. That's the only reason they're there. They're somewhere else. They, they, they've got this vision, Paul's got this vision, and he sees this individual in Macedonia saying, come and help us. So Paul gets up in the morning, packs up his stuff, takes Silas, and they head to Macedonia. They're preaching the word, and this woman, who has a spirit of divination, is following them everywhere they're going. And she's saying, these men are men that have brought the gospel, and they, they bring salvation. And Paul got tired of her interrupting and cast the demon out of her. Now, let me pick it up. This woman by, was, was the means by which all of these silversmiths made their money. Let me pick it up in Acts chapter 16, verse 19. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, in other words, this devil had been cast out of her and she no longer was, was a heathen, she no longer was a... Uh, 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 a false god worshiper. All of these people saw that, that they weren't going to make any money anymore. They caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them to the magistrates saying, these men being Jews do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive neither to observe being Romans. And the multitude rose up against them, and the magistrates let off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Paulus and Silas, here they are. They've been beaten. They've been placed in stops and bonds. They've been thrown into the deepest part of the prison. It's not a good day. It is not a good day. Things have went sour only because they responded to a vision. Mm -hmm. 
Now, here's what 99% of God's people would say. You know, I should have stayed home. I should never have responded to that guy saying, come help us. All that's brought me is heartache. I got whipped. I'm in prison. You know what, Lord? This is just a bad day. Bad. That's what 99% of God's people are going to say. How can I get out of this? But what do Paul and Silas do? <clears throat> they sing. They sing. Ask yourself the question. I can't even get some of you to sing in the, in the service. Hello? I can't get you to sing when things go wrong. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord hath made. That the Lord hath made. I will rejoice. I will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. It yeah. is trouble. It coming against me. Are you going to rejoice? Are you going to sing? Yeah, amen. What are you going to do? You know what singing did? Yeah. Broke the yoke of bondage. You know what came after their singing was done? An earthquake. You know what the earthquake did? Took all broke every chain, broke every fetter, opened every door in the prison. And not only were Paul and Silas free, but now everybody is free. Everybody is free. Let me tell you what singing will do, child of God. It will break your... It, It'll bring forth an earthquake if the earthquake only happens in you. Amen. Amen. If, it, <laughs> if it only happens in you, if an earthquake coming, if you will sing. Glory to the Lamb of God. But you got to open your mouth, put your lips together, get your vocal cords done. Now watch this. Amen. Their backs are bleeding. They've just been beat. Yeah. Yeah. Their hands are in stocks. Their feet are in stocks. But it's a bad day for the devil. Because he bound up everything but their mouth. <laughs> he bound up everything but their mouth. And they said, devil. You can't keep me from my mouth and praise of God. It was a bad day for that <laughs> And the earthquake came. And they were free. You see, the devil don't get it. He don't get it. It's by faith that the mouth speaketh. Binding your hands and binding your feet and binding everything else, amen. But you have got your mouth. Amen. And they begin to sing, and God inhabited the praises amen. of his people. Yes, he does. Glory to the Lamb of God. Words of praise. Because words have power. Words of praise. Words of good report. Words that are lovely. Words that are breaking the curse. But that doesn't happen with the average child of God. Here's what they do. They complain. Yes. Yeah. They murmur. 
They release words of negativity. And it binds them. And then usually they run and tell somebody else so that it can bind them too. Hello? Because we want an audience. Yes, we do. Oh. And so by the time you get done telling your story, they're bound as well. And then they tell somebody else your story, and then they're bound. Mark chapter 11, verse 25. Mark 11, 25. And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have aught against any that your Father which is a, which also is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Words will either forgive or hold a grudge. Words will either release someone or bind someone. Release yourself today and release someone else today. You have the power through your words. You have the power through your words. Unforgiveness is a breeding ground for sickness. Look at Psalms chapter 34 verse 13. Psalms 34 verse 13. Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. You know, I thought, what is this guile? I want to have a little bit of understanding. <clears throat> that word guile is being deceived in a charming way. Wow. Being deceived in a charming way. It's kind of like when the serpent came into the garden. Yeah. Hey, Eve. What a beautiful garden you've got here. I mean, this is really, really lovely. Wow, you're just so lucky to be here. Uh, can you eat from every tree, Eve? Oh yeah, we can yeah, yeah, we can eat from every tree except for one. And God said, don't touch it or don't touch it or eat of it because you're gonna die. And the serpent says, Eve, I know God very well. <laughs> he loves you a lot. And he would never, ever, ever kill you. He would never, never would he let you die. He just doesn't want you to be like him. So Eve looked on it. She says, wow, looks pretty good. Guile. Deceivement with charm. You see, that's what the devil does. He doesn't come to you as the strong man. He comes to you as charm. Yeah. He comes to you. You see, if you knew it was him, you'd rebuke him. If you knew it was him. Yeah. If you knew. Yeah. But what does he do? He plays into your desires. And he says, oh, God won't. God doesn't 
want you to be and be lacking from this. God loves you. He wants the best for you. He wants you to drive around in that 2021 Cadillac. He wants you in that $2 million home. You deserve it. You're blessed. Up had to be God. Deceitment was charmed. Look at 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10. For he that loves life, for he that loved life, and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, and his lips that speak no guile. You remember when, I believe it was Nathaniel, was walking down the road? Right. And Jesus said, Behold, a man with no guile. Powerful word, church. Last scripture. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. We're going back to Eve. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit. Thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened. My prayer today is that this message has opened your eyes yeah. concerning words that have power. Praise the Lamb of God. I want to thank each and every one of you, amen, praise God, for joining with us today in the Rock Solid Truth Broadcast, praise the Lamb of God. I've seen a lot of people, amen, that are saying, we're here, we're here, we're watching. I want to thank you for joining with us. Go to our website. Go to our website, www.rocksolidtruth.com, amen, and see what the Lord has impressed upon us. Keep us in your prayers, praise the Lamb of God. Pray with us and ask the Lord if you would be a part of this ministry that is impacting the world. This is DK Groom with Rock Solid Truth. Go with God and he will surely go with you.